Allstate wants to remind fans that mayhem is everywhere, like at your pregame barbecue. While you prep your meats, that grease trap you forgot to empty is prepping to smoke your porch, garage, and the car inside. And without the right home and auto insurance coverage, the cost to repair this could eat up your savings. So bundle home and auto with Allstate to save and get protected from mayhem like this. Bundled savings variant are not available in every state. Coverage is subject to policy terms and conditions. Looking for an assist with your credit card, but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7, U.S.-based, live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human in customer service anytime. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. With the Wells Fargo Active Cash Credit Card, you can earn unlimited 2% cash rewards on purchases you want and purchases you need. That means you earn on what you want, like trying out that new workout class and 2% cash rewards on what you need, like a foam roller for your sore muscles. That's the beauty of the Active Cash credit card. It's ready when you are, with unlimited 2% cash rewards. The Wells Fargo Active Cash credit card. That's real life ready. Terms apply. Learn more at wellsfargo.com slash activecash. Warning, this product contains nicotine. Nicotine is an addictive chemical. Black Buffalo products are intended for adults age 21 and older who are consumers of nicotine or tobacco. If you're an adult age 21 and older and use nicotine or tobacco, I want to tell you about Black Buffalo's award-winning nicotine pouches. What are they made of? Cured edible green leaves, food-grade ingredients, and pharmaceutical-grade nicotine. No tobacco leaf or stem. So if you're 21 and older, consume nicotine or tobacco and want to join the Black Buffalo herd, head over to blackbuffalo.com to learn more. You can order nicotine pouches online and they ship directly to most states. Or check out their store locator to purchase pouches at thousands of retail locations around the country. Black Buffalo Tobacco Alternative. Bold flavor, full pouches. The Volume. The 3 and Out Podcast with me, John Middlecoff, is presented by FanDuel Sportsbook. There's no better place to make every moment more than with FanDuel. Great odds and markets for baseball, the NBA, NHL, PGA Tour, and so much more. Awesome new and existing User promotions, America's number one sports book, very easy to use, safe and secure. You get your winnings fast. I cannot recommend it enough. Love gambling with FanDuel. If you are new, just download the FanDuel Sportsbook app to get started now. Sign up with promo code Colin so they know we sent you. What is going on, everybody? Go Low Podcast with a lot, and I repeat, a lot going on in the golfing world. Could argue the golfing world right now with Live Golf versus the PGA, Rory versus Phil, the Shark versus everybody is a, you know, as Brooks Kepka said today at the U.S. Open, it, it's a black cloud. Uh, it's overshadowing, however you want to say it. Now, Brooks, like, I like edgy Brooks. But getting mad at a press conference when your brother joined the league, 
I don't know if I'm giving you a pass on that one, my man. Uh, but a lot going on. It's U.S. Open week. This country's national championship for golfers. Well, I mean, Liv is stealing guys left and right. And multiple guys who have won this tournament in the last half decade, Bryce and DJ, are now on their tour. Like, it's just, how do we avoid it? And that's, we're obviously going to talk a lot about that. At Golo is the Instagram. Fire into the direct messages. At GoLoPod, at GoLoPod, to get your question answered here on the show. We do the same thing, football. I'll probably have another GoLoPod uh, Sunday night after the U.S. Open with not much football-wise going on. And we'll have football podcast on Friday. Middlecoff Mailbag is just my Instagram, my personal Instagram. So we got a lot of a lot of content going on right now. But as a lover of golf, and if you're listening to this on Wednesday, I'm literally on the golf course. Uh, I, I thought this week was kind of sad. And listen, I, I am not Brandel or Eamon Lynch or some of these big J's that are acting morally superior. Now, I'm not saying I, I agree with everything that's going on or disagree with everyone, everything that's going on. I just, a little bit like Justin Thomas said, it's, it's not my place to tell you where to take money or not. That's all of our individual situations. That, that's on you and your family. Like ultimately, when DJ said this was a decision for my family, that's a fact. Every decision you make, the older you get, is family based. It's the way the real world works. It's easy for someone to say you shouldn't have done that when they didn't have the fucking offer, and you did. So I I understand why these older guys went. I, I get it. The amount of money that is being moved around is insane. But I like to think of things because this is ultimately who I am from the fan's point of view. I am a consumer first. I watch football games on my couch. I watch all these PGA golf tournaments on my couch. This is what I talk about with my family and friends. The stuff I watch, other fans. And we all lose in this situation. Because ultimately, what's best for us, and we are the people, not necessarily the Saudis, kind of, because we're driving everywhere, but for the PGA Tour that provide every penny through the media rights because we give them TV ratings, is I want to see the best players play each other in the biggest tournaments. That's what we all want. I don't want Patrick Mahomes to play in one football league and Tom Brady and Aaron Rodgers to play in another. I want Josh Allen, Patrick Mahomes to play Tom Brady and and Aaron Rodgers and Lamar Jackson and Dak Prescott and Jimmy G and you name it. I want them all to play under the same umbrella. And in football, they do. The reason all these Euros come over here to hoop, because we got the best league and we got the most money. Now, here's where I will defend the Euros. I'm from America, born and raised. I ain't ever leaving. Well, you never say never, but more than likely, I'm never going. I'm going to live in America my entire life. This is where I'm from. And luckily, because of capitalism, this is where I can make all my money. Well, some of these guys, Lee Westwood, Sergio Garcia, you name it, there are a lot of other younger names that are being rumored to go. They didn't necessarily want to come to America. Maybe some did. But if the best league would have been in the country they were born at, in a country that was much closer to where they grew up at, they probably would never have come over here. The reason Nikola Jokic and Luka Doncic play in the NBA is because this is where you can make hundreds of millions of dollars against the best player. If those guys could have stayed in Eastern Europe and played for $60, $70 million a year, endorsements and on the court, 
against the best players, you know what? They never would have came. I understand those guys not having much allegiance to quote-unquote America. Because that is kind of, to me, what the PGA Tour represents. The domestic league. I know they play in Canada, but ultimately their events are based in America. So when those guys want to bounce, I have no issue with it. Now, ultimately, a league is only as strong as its stars. And you get a star, like Steph Curry became a star in the NBA. Patrick Mahomes became a star in the NFL. Without those leagues, those guys would not have the star power. Phil Mickelson and Bryson DeChambeau, and Phil's bigger than Bryson, but Bryson's a rock star too, are as big as they are because of the PGA Tour. I think my pushback on the live and just this situation is when it it splinters golf, and that's what's happening, and it's only going to happen more because these guys are signing long-term deals. They're not getting $100 million for one year. This is a four- and five-year deal. Live is not going away, and we all know they don't even care about turning a profit. And clearly the PGA Tour has things that they have to overcome, which they might not be able to because of the charity element to their tour. But players are going to continue to go. Because ultimately when someone offers you $50 million and you don't have $50 million, it's hard to say no. When someone offers you $100 million, and here's the other thing. The simple reality, and we're going to talk about this over and over, is the PGA Tour, and we'll get into Jay Monahan, has some problems, has some issues. It has some things they're going to lose in court. You don't have the right. I'm a 1099 guy. I haven't had a W-2 in almost seven years. No one can dictate where I can work and where I can't. I can work and do whatever the fuck I want. That's part of the benefit of doing what I do. Now, there's no guarantee if things go haywire, it could get ugly. There is no, I have no security in my life. Everything is based on my ability to earn, and I have to go out and do it. If I don't do these podcasts, I will not make money. Simple as that. But also, these people don't have the right to tell me where and when I can record and who I can record with. When you work for a W-2 or like these a football player does, an NFL team has the power to tell you what you can and can't do. The PGA Tour does not. So I am on these guys' sides. So when Phil complains to be like, I've worked long and hard for this membership, I'm not giving it up. I'm willing to fight. And I heard on No Laying Up, I think a week ago or two weeks ago, or actually I heard it on my on the Tour Junkies podcast, they had on Danny Woodhead, and Greg Norman told players when he recruited them, not only will whatever your price point is, we have $100 million earmarked, earmarked to fight the PGA Tour in litigation. They want the smoke. They want it because deep down he knows the litigation is going to be on their side. Because ultimately, in this country, we tend to be employee first. We just do in terms of their rights, especially when it comes to independent contractors. And that's what golfers are. But my overall issue is like, I don't want to see Bryson. I don't want to see Patrick Reed leave. Part of having the best possible league, and I think the PGA Tour was on fire these last several years. It had never been bigger post-Tiger. And we know like Tiger's going to be very limited moving forward. The star power of the young players was fantastic. The drama was awesome. But you need stars and you need villains. And let's face it, Bryson DeChambeau was a star and a villain at the same time. Patrick Reed might be a little more golf nerdy, but everyone on the internet knows he's like a cheater. He was also a villain. So when you lose those two guys, you can't just have a bunch of choir boys. 
It's like Moose Johnson told me a long time ago when I interviewed him on the radio. To have a great football team, you need characters that can play, and you need players of character. It's no different in a league. You need some drama. That's good for business. Like ultimately NASCAR, when they got some good guys and they got some bad guys. Same thing with F1. If you're going to have some of these individual sports, tennis had it forever. They have guys you root for, guys you hate. You can't lose all the guys you hate. And so far, Sergio, Bryson, Patrick Reed, that ain't ideal. It's just not. So ultimately, I, I don't care if it's live the PGA, the PGL, make up any league you want. I just want the best players playing in these tournaments. Now, you could argue beside the four majors, the Ryder Cup, and really the players, most tournaments were fragmented and only getting worse. And I'd say, yeah, that might be true. So maybe I'm being nostalgic of what this is. But I think JT said it best. This just sucks. It really does. Now, when Jay Monahan got on uh, the mic during Sunday's awesome RBC event with Rory, JT, Tony Finau, and Justin Rose going for like 55, I thought he was embarrassing. I thought he was terrible. I have no problem in personal interactions with your wife, with your children, with your parents getting emotional. I have no problem when you are an employee getting emotional when you feel taken advantage of or screwed. But when you're a head coach, when you're the CEO, even if you're the dad in your family, there are points in time in your life where you have to show strength. You can't look overly emotional, even though we're all humans. Inside, we might be freaking out. That is, no one disputes that you're not allowed to feel that inside. But as a leader, you have to show strength. And I thought Jay Monahan, and listen, a lot of people have talked about he's not a great public speaker. Uh, the No Laying Up guys, I thought, said it well. You know, there, there are leaders and generals and wartime presidents and then peacetime presidents. Not everyone is equal. And this guy is clearly a peacetime leader. Because now that times are tough, like when he starts dropping 9-11, I, I just thought, like, what is this accomplishing? Are, are you trying to make these guys that take the money give it back? They're not going to do that. You're losing. You have to figure out a way to make tangible change, whether that's raising more money, whether that's a way to find more money to funnel to these guys. You have to find solutions because right now you have problems and you are the boss. You are the commissioner. You can't look as emotional as you do and you're freaking out. And I understand why you're freaking out. Losing Bryson, losing Gooch, losing some of these other names that are rumored is going to be a problem. Because ultimately, the PGA Tour, like we talked about, beside, like they don't own any of the majors. The majors are not theirs. They have the players. And ultimately, I would be shocked if the lawyers aren't telling him, like, we're going to lose in court. It feels like his one play is a losing play. And I would have questions and if I was on the PGA Tour, because ultimately, it's a member-run organization. They are basically the owners of the sport. No different than Roger Goodell works for the owners. Jay Monahan works for the players. I would question, what are we going to do? I had a longtime PGA Tour player tell me, this goes back to years ago. Phil Mickelson has just been raising basic questions. When Fox got the U.S. Open years ago, they got basically almost $100 million for that tournament a year. And the purse was only $15 million. 
and we talk about revenue sharing, players go, where is the money? They're not asking the purse should be 90 million if you get 100 million for the tournament. But how is that purse not 40? Because I know I'm part of revenue sharing agreements. And it's pretty black and white. Where is the cash going? Now, Greg Norman, clearly, I read an article today in the Washington Post. Back in the early, late 80s, early 90s. I'm sure many of you, if you've read about this or listened to this, he has tried to do this before. Guys like Greg Norman and Phil Mickelson hate, let me repeat, despise these 150-person events. They would rather get the top players, 40, 50 guys, and basically hoard the money. And you could argue they've earned that money because they're the best players. And there is some validity to that. Like, you don't want the guy that's the 145th guy in the tournament taking money away from you when the reason the money is there, at least for the PJ Tour, not the live, is because Phil Mickelson, Rory McIlroy, Tiger Woods is moving the needle on television where the cash comes from. The problem is the drama in these tournaments, historically, random guys going toe-to-toe with the big guys, helps create the drama of the league, which ultimately is a reality television show. That is what pro sports are now. Reality television. You could argue it's the best reality television. The NFL literally is in America, besides like politics. And I'd argue politics is fucking rigged, where at least in the NFL, now you can argue the referees, but you know, politicians, like nothing ever changes. It's just the same bullshit over and over and over again. At least in the NFL, different teams win. Different players emerge. And golf has always been like that too. It's why a couple years ago, I didn't know who Cam Smith is. I do now. Scotty Scheffler, most people couldn't have pointed him out of lineup three years ago. Now he is probably the leader in the clubhouse for player of the year, and he's a Masters champion. Ultimately, what Liv is going to lack is, how do they create stars? Now, luckily, they're a startup with an unlimited amount of money. They can constantly change. Because the shotgun start actually is not a bad idea for, for the first couple days. To me, on the last day, I would start it and and stage it like a normal tournament. Worst to best. So the guy leading the tournament tees off last. Because if you watch Rory and you watch JT and you watch Finau on Sunday at the RBC, there was a progression to the day. Rory takes the lead. Can these guys come back? Then Rory has a bogey and JT makes a par and all of a sudden he's even. And and, And Justin Rose, could he be the leader in the clubhouse if he shoots 57? Like, That is the drama that draws us there. What the PGA Tour brought to the table on Sunday with those guys, Liv is not going to have in the bag. Now, what they do have in the bag is the ability at the snap of a finger to go, we're changing it, no more shotgun starts. Or we're doing this, or we're doing that. The PGA Tour literally never does. They do the same thing over and over and over again. Now, the best thing Jay has going for him is you know, three of his four most famous players not named Tiger Woods would be Roy McIlroy to me is by far the most famous. Jordan Spieth, John Rahm, and Justin Thomas. Jordan is probably a little more reserved in this situation, even though there was a tweet about him going to say congratulations to Billy Horschel for winning the memorial. Kevin Na went for a what's up, and Jordan didn't look at him. Walked away. Love it. This feels, I feel very patriotic, even though Rahm is a Spaniard, and Rory is an Irishman, but he lives in Jupiter. Rom lives in Scottsdale. They feel like we've adopted them. Obviously, Rom went to college here in the States, and they love the PGA Tour. 
And they have not just been loyal throughout the PGA Tour. They have actively, especially Rory, talked shit about Greg Norman. They have talked shit about the live guys, which is cool, which creates some animosity and actually, to me, is kind of interesting. And this is where it gets back to Jay. Like, eventually, do you capitulate a little bit and go, you want to play us? You want to create some events of us versus you? Because here's the reality. There is no amount of money that Jay Monahan and the PGA Tour is going to be able to raise that's going to go toe-to-toe with the Saudis. Because you can't raise money when you can't give other people ROIs in normal business. Well, they clearly aren't playing by those rules. They're playing by the rules of we have unlimited amounts of cash, we don't care about making money, and we really care about destroying you. So when someone does that, you have to think, well, we don't want to get destroyed. Can we work together? And at this point in time, clearly Jay is not on board with that. But if they figure out ways to get more money for everyone, maybe that is a potential solution. I'm not saying I have the answers. I just know overall where this is trending and watching the broadcast, which talking to Sobel here in a little bit, I mean, every single player last week that's in like the top 250, you could argue every player in the top like 100 or 1,000 Corn Ferry guys peaked at the live broadcast and it looked professional. And then when you see the amount of money flying like, they're a real, real threat slash problem slash they, they're going to be a factor. So you have to figure ways. Like when your competition, when, when you are the Yankees, you don't have to worry about the Tampa Bay Rays at first. But a decade later, when they constantly win, you have to take them seriously. And the difference is the Yankees have the money and the Tampa Bay Rays do not. Over the last several decades, the Red Sox went toe-to-toe with the Yankees financially. It's why they have more World Series championships than the Yankees. No one would argue that the Yankees aren't the biggest brand in all of baseball and arguably beside the Cowboys in America. But they don't win all the time. And the PGA Tour, you can start losing literally guys even if, quote-unquote, your brand is way bigger. But the way you gain brands in individual sports, we see it happening forever in wrestling, is you take stars It's why when I was a kid, WWF went to WCW and guys, as long as you got Hulk Hogan and you got Triple H and if I get The Rock and I can get Stone Cold, it's no different in golf or tennis. If I can get Rafael Nadal, if I can get Roger Federer, if I can get Yokovic, if I can get Andre Agassi, if I get, it's about individual talents. Like ultimately football, the brands, the Steelers, the Packers, the 49ers, right? The Eagles, the Giants. That's not the way it works in individual sports. So you got to figure out a way to, to keep stars slash compensate them at higher levels. Now, I got to say this. I respect the hell out of John Rom, Justin Thomas, and Roy McElroy. For Now, you can argue it's easy. They have a boatload of wealth. John Rom on Tuesday essentially admitted to being offered $400 million. I think it's fair to say John Rom, Roy McElroy, and Tiger Woods were offered around $2 billion. The reports were Tiger turned down eight, nine hundred million. If John Rahm was offered four hundred million, what's Rory's price point? Seven. So you are talking, and to me, Jordan Spieth would easily be worth five, six hundred million dollars. So the amount of money the top guys are turning down is—I don't care how much you got. If you're worth one hundred fifty million and someone offers you five hundred million and you tell them to kick rocks, that takes some balls. It's easy for all of us to say, "Oh, that's an easy decision." Bullshit. That is difficult. I don't care where the money's coming from. And those guys haven't just done it. They have gone over the top 
of pledging their allegiance and saying how much it means to play in real golf tournaments. John Rahm basically called the tournament a joke. So did Rory McIlroy. They mean nothing. Because it's true. They do mean nothing. They don't mean a thing. And as long as you can keep the top guys, you have a chance. But ultimately, here's the problem. And Justin Thomas kind of alluded to this on Monday. Is he doesn't have the power. He can just tell guys, I want to keep you here. I don't want to lose you. But I understand if you got to take the money, you got to take the money. Like they don't have the juice. It's not like they're Jerry Jones or Roger Goodell where they can keep throwing revenue sources at these people. They're only as strong as the rest of the guys on the tour. Part of Rory and JT being great players is them beating everyone else. Well, you keep taking all these players away, it creates a problem. And I know Brooks Kepka said that it, it created a black cloud over the U.S. Open. It did. This is one of the biggest stories in America, definitely in all of sports. And back to what I said earlier, like, Brooks, your brother's in it. Like, I'm sorry, you, you're, you're kind of part of it. But I, like, I, I think this is a very, very, the whole thing it sucks. It's sad because it becomes complicated for us, the fan, for us, the consumer. But as someone that talks about this now for money, you know, it's fascinating. And I think it's one of the bigger stories in golf since some of Tiger's scandals. And Phil Mickelson, you could argue, is taking a lot of unnecessary heat. I mean, the President of the United States going over Saudi Arabia like next week. We're all in bed with Saudi Arabia in some form or fashion as a country, these individuals, these big companies. It's just the reality of life. But it's it's part of being really famous. It comes with the territory when you do quote-unquote controversial things. The media all has agendas and bias with this politically, which again, I try to, I don't, I don't care. Like I, politically, I, I have no morals with this stuff. You know, if you're going to take the money, I get why you take the money. If you're going to stay, I get why you stay. Make a goddamn decision for yourself. But when you do go over there, you just might not be that relevant. You, how do I judge how good you are? And you could argue that most of the guys that have gone over so far are really, really old, right? Phil's 51 years old. Phil's a big draw. I'm sorry, like Phil hasn't been that great the last couple of years. Putting him at PGA Tour events, even if it's just five or six of the biggest ones of the year, minus the majors, is a big deal. People like to see him. There's a reason if you turn on WrestleMania and The Rock shows up, that matters. He's the most famous guy not named Tiger on the PGA Tour. Like, you want him around. You don't want to lose him. And like I said with Bryson, like, you don't want to lose your villains. Part of what sucks about Brady and Belichick breaking up is like they were the best villain in league history. It didn't get any better because most people hated them. But you know what they did? They had emotion. I had a wise person tell me a long time ago, if you're going to talk for a living, you want to be two things. You want to be loved. You want to be hated. You never want to be indifferent because the moment you're indifferent, they don't listen to you. You ever watch Howard Stern in private parts when uh, Paul Giamatti freaks out because Howard's ratings are so high, and he goes, how do people like this guy? And the person handing him the ratings is like, our polling, not even necessarily that people like him, they just can't wait to hear what he says next. It's no different with golf. Your biggest star is like, who's playing? Who's playing who? It's why Aaron Rodgers, people have opinions on the guy. Same with Tom Brady, same with Bill Belichick. That's what you want. And right now, this fragmented tour is sad. And speaking of it, like the best part about it is the actual golf. And this is the U.S. Open, the toughest test of the year, where sometimes it's not inconceivable. And Sobel, 
as he'll tell me a little bit later, like you never truly know what the winning score is going to be, but it's not inconceivable, but this winning score, he had a caddy tell him that they would take even right now in the clubhouse on Sunday afternoon. Like this separates the men from the boys. Who's playing the best? Who can drive it the straightest? Who can hit these small greens? Who's great around the green because the rough is outrageous? Who has a great short game? Who can handle the pressure? These crowds are going to be nuts. It's in Boston. They're playing in the NBA Finals. It's going to be hot. The booze is going to be flowing. Uh, I I can't wait. But let's face it, the black cloud, like ultimately live is a huge part of this because who's to say that some of the live guys won't be in the mix? It's all kind of intertwined now, which I would say for Greg Norman is a good thing. He might be an egomaniac. A lot of people think he's a D-bag. But what he's doing, because he has these backers with just cash that is never going to run out, might work. And uh, I I mean, I barely even talked about the U.S. Open, and that's just the reality of where we are right now with the sport, which, again, as someone that talks for a living, okay, I'm in. Uh, Just, I want to give some of my bets uh, before we get into Sobel. I, I broke it up into several parts. Uh, I have a lock of the week, which I placed one of the biggest golf bets I've ever placed. Usually I put $25 to $100. Either like, I took a bunch of first round leaders because you can place $25 and get $1,500, $1,800, $2,000. Took guys like Webb, Daniel Berger, Justin Rose. I think Bryson is somewhat undervalued right now. I know he's been injured and I know he hasn't been playing. I know the Saudi stuff, but here's a reality with Bryson. He won this tournament two years ago. Last year, he was winning on Sunday with nine holes left before he had an all-time blow-up. He is built, born, bred, created for U.S. Opens. His power, if he's on, he can compete to win this tournament. And Keegan Bradley, who I also like. Those are just, I dabbled a little on the first-round leader. I put $100 on Will Zalatoris like a month ago, right after the PGA Championship. Jordan Spieth, also have a $100 bet on him. It was 25 to 1. Uh, Shane Lowry is a guy that a lot of people think that just translate to this course. I wanted to have value. I put half a unit on him. Patrick Reed is one of those guys which, again, everyone's going to be off the scent. Elite short game. So if he's hitting the ball straight off the tee, which can be a question even though I think he changed his driver recently. He had a PXG. He's no longer hitting that. If his short game is on, he can compete to win this tournament. And when you can get a guy way down the board with win equity, I can't get off him. I wouldn't say this is a flyer, but this is a guy just who's a great ball striker, who's got some mojo coming in, Tommy Fleetwood to top five. But my lock, and the biggest bet I ever made, I put $1,000 golf bet. I put $1,000 on DJ a couple years ago to top five at the Masters. And it was awesome. I think it was like three to one. And he did. He ended up winning the tournament. I I don't feel that. I mean, this tournament's going to be really hard. It's very difficult to just, you got to spread your money around. But I think that Justin Thomas, one, feels a lot of pride in what he represents right now. He is playing the best golf of his life. Him and Bones have this kind of yin and yang thing going where it's like, I'm not betting against these guys. I have him to top 10. Uh, you get it on FanDuel, plus 125. That is my lock of the weekend. I do not see a scenario where Justin Thomas is not in the mix come the weekend. I think he could easily win the tournament, but I definitely like him to top... I, I don't like... I love him to top 10. So that right now is my betting card. 
I might. I, I just looked. Bryson is way down the board. You can get him 110, 120 to 1 to win this tournament. Again, a guy who won it two years ago and was leading with nine holes left last year. Some stuff changed for sure, but that, that's the type value. Kepka, DJ, these guys that have won this tournament before. The hardest tournament to win. The one you have to grind it out. The one that just wipes out a ton of people immediately. These guys have win equity. You can get them to top 10, like four, five, six to one. Now, you can argue that they don't care. They're over it. But just look at guys who have won the U.S. Open before that are way down the board. Because it might just be simply as the Saudi stuff. They're getting discounted. The PGA Tour is in full swing. And the best place to tee off is on FanDuel Sportsbook. Right now, new customers get $200 in free bets guaranteed when you place your first $5 bet. So just sign up with promo code Colin. FanDuel is an official betting operator of the PGA Tour, so they have all your favorite bets to choose from. This week, RBC Open, Canada. No big deal. I like Justin Rose and Corey Connors, the Canadian, to go home and go low. Get in on the action with tournament winners, top five finishes, match betting, and so much more. If you haven't tried FanDuel, now is the perfect time to give it a shot. Just join with promo code Colin and turn a $5 bet into $200 in free bets. Win or lose. Exclusively on the FanDuel Sportsbook app. 21 and over and present in Arizona, Colorado, Connecticut, Illinois, Iowa, Indiana, Louisiana, Michigan, New Jersey, New York, Pennsylvania, Tennessee, Virginia, or West Virginia. Must wager in designated offer market. Max bet $5. Restrictions apply. See full terms at sportsbook.fanduel.com. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP or text NEXTSTEP to 533-42-ARIZONA, 1-888-789-7777. Or visit ccpg.org slash chat, Connecticut, 1-800-GAMBLER, or visit fanduel.com slash RG, Colorado, Iowa, Indiana, Illinois, New Jersey, Pennsylvania, Virginia, 1-877-770-STOP, Louisiana, or 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help, Michigan. 1-877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467-369, New York, Tennessee Red Line, 1-800-888-9789, Tennessee, 1-800-522-4700, Wyoming. Visit www.1800gambler.net, West Virginia. Allstate wants to remind fans that mayhem is everywhere, like at your pregame barbecue. While you prep your meats, That grease trap you forgot to empty is prepping to smoke your porch, garage, and the car inside. And without the right home and auto insurance coverage, the cost to repair this could eat up your savings. So bundle home and auto with Allstate to save and get protected from mayhem like this. Bundled savings variant are not available in every state. Coverage is subject to policy terms and conditions. When you're hiring for your small business, you want to find quality professionals that are right for the role. That's why you have to check out LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn Jobs has the tools to help find the right professionals for your team faster and for free. LinkedIn isn't just a job board. They help you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Did you know 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites? LinkedIn's the only one I use. On LinkedIn, 86% of small businesses get a qualified candidate within 24 hours. Hire professionals like a professional on LinkedIn. LinkedIn is constantly finding ways to make the process easier. They even just launched a feature that helps you write job descriptions, making the process even easier and quicker. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash J-O-H-N. 
That's linkedin.com slash J-O-H-N to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. You put it off long enough, it's time to replace your tires. Tire Rack has tires that will elevate your drive. Touring tires for commuter comfort. Performance tires for sporty handling. All-terrain tires for on- and off-road adventure. Go to TireRack.com to get started. Not sure where to begin? Use the Tire Decision Guide to get a personalized tire recommendation. The right tires for how, what, and where you drive. Choose from the full line of Toyo Tires. Ship fast and free to a recommended installer near you. Or choose the convenience of mobile tire installation. They'll bring your new tires to your home or office and install them on site. Doesn't get much easier than that. Go to TireRack.com slash Colin to see their Toyo test results, tire ratings, and consumer reviews, and be sure to check out all their current special offers. Great tires, great deal. What more could you ask for? That's TireRack.com slash Colin. TireRack.com the way tire buying should be. Warning, this product contains nicotine. Nicotine is an addictive chemical. Black Buffalo products are intended for adults age 21 and older who are consumers of nicotine or tobacco. If you're an adult age 21 and older and use nicotine or tobacco, I want to tell you about an American-made success story in Black Buffalo's award-winning nicotine pouches. Black Buffalo's nicotine pouches are not owned by Big Tobacco. They're an independent company proudly built right here in the USA for 21 and over adult consumers. Black Buffalo was built by dippers with decades of smokeless tobacco use. They believed the market wanted tobacco-alternative nicotine products that offered the best of both worlds. Bold flavor, full pouches. What are they made of? It's pretty simple. Cured edible green leaves, food-grade ingredients, and pharmaceutical-grade nicotine. Most importantly, there's no tobacco leaf or stem. All proudly made right here in the USA. So if you're 21 and older, consume nicotine or tobacco, and want to join the Black Buffalo Herd, Head over to blackbuffalo.com to learn more. You can order nicotine pouches online, and they ship directly to most states. Or check out the store locator to purchase pouches at thousands of retail locations around the country. Black Buffalo Tobacco Alternative. Bold flavor, full pouches. Okay, we are here with the man that started the Phil Mickelson press conference and who's live from Boston, Massachusetts for the U.S. Open. You can hear him every week. And I, I was listening yesterday with, with our man, Michael Collins, uh, two to four Sirius XM radio, Action Network, covering gambling, writing about gambling, also podcasting, Links and Locks podcast, Jason Sobel. What is up, bro? What's going on, John? I'm going to peel back that curtain, by the way, from the Phil Mickelson press conference that you mentioned it. I got there 10 minutes before it was going to start, and there were at least 60, 70 reporters stuffed into this little tent. I mean, I couldn't even like get into the tent. I was on the grass behind it. And so uh, one of my producers here at, uh, here at SiriusXM, one of my bosses, was like, hey, how are we looking? Are we going to get them? And I sent a picture, and the picture was just the back of like 65 heads that were standing in front of me. And I'm like, not looking great. And so... At some point, I just kind of wiggled my way through, and I got a little closer, and a bunch of us kind of raised our hands and said we had questions. And uh, they turned around, and the moderator basically handed the microphone to me, and I wasn't expecting to get the first one. I, I got a question out. It was fine. But 
Uh, all the ones after that, you know how it goes. Uh, someone else asks a question. Ah, oh, I should ask that. That would have been good. But I got the ice broken. Well, I, I know. Uh, I don't know if you saw Kepka today's edgy about the live talk, but I, I hate to break the news to him. It's kind of a major story, and yeah. uh, I, I think we need to start with Phil. Yesterday, uh, you know, you've been around the guy for a couple decades now, and m- m- my takeaway, Sobel, was for one of the most candid, you know, golfers, athletes, or whatever I consider Phil an athlete, one of the most candid individuals in sports for decades, felt like a different human being, which is understandable. He, he's in a tough spot, but. I, I I felt like Phil that that was a different Phil Mickelson than as someone just from the outside who has been a fan of the guy for for a long time. You've been around him. What what was your take just watching him get peppered with questions? Yeah, I know Phil's getting crushed for what he said. Um, look, I I didn't expect anything different. Isn't this kind of what we knew was going to happen? That okay, Phil's going to face the firing squad, but he's not going to fire back. He's not going to make too many admissions. He did say at one point, look, this is a chance for a tremendous financial gain. And we all kind of know that. I've had a lot of people say, look, just say you're going there for the money. Just say you don't care anything about anything else. You're taking the money. I'd be better with that. And I suggested that, hey, if, if someone, you know, if someone asked him a question, a reporter asked him a question, hey, what do you think about the Saudi Arabian government? What do you think about ties to this? What do you think about being a partner with them? And Phil goes, man, I don't care. I'm getting paid. That does not sound better. That does not make him uh, look better in your eyes. Even if you think you want to hear him say that he's just doing it for the money, if you say you're just doing it for the money, it sounds way worse. So I get it. Look, I, 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 I appreciate all the questions from my fellow reporting brethren. Uh, I thought there were a lot of really good ones. Uh, but I also appreciate the situation Phil is in. Look, he's there now. We have to live with it. He has to live with it. And uh, I didn't expect him to answer those questions really any differently than he did. If you had given me, John, a list of all the questions and said, okay, fill in the blanks with Phil Mickelson's answers, I think I could have got like 95%. I, I would agree. You're, you're on the grounds out there. What, what's the buzz regarding Liv from players and caddies? Everybody's talking about it. I had one player uh, tell me before, you know, everyone's talking about it. It's when they start whispering about it that you go, shh, shh. I got, I got to hear what's going on here. I, I got to hear what these guys are saying. When, when there's when there's whispers, all of a sudden you know that it's more than just gossip and rumor and innuendo about it. I had another player just tell me a little while ago, he said, when a player says he's not going to live, he might be going. When a player says he might be going to live, he's definitely going. So there's going to be a lot more defectors after this week, I think. We're going to see a lot of bigger names moving over there. Look, they've got to fill out 48 spots in the field. They have unlimited funds. You and I have been talking about this here on the podcast for a while, and they just don't care. Uh, you know, they, this is a game, I think, to the people that are running Live Golf. Hey, you know, what's the number for us to get so-and-so? All right, let's offer him that number and make him make that decision. And that's essentially what they're doing right now. It's going to fracture the game of golf. It's certainly hurting the PGA Tour, but this is the part we're at right now. And and look, I mean, I, I love what Justin Thomas said earlier this week where he said, look, I'm not doing it, but I can understand it, but I also can't understand it, but I sort of can, but then I can't. And I go back and forth on this whole thing. I felt the same way this entire time, John, because I'm sitting there saying, now you can't take the money. It's, you know, it's coming from the Saudi Arabian government. They have a terrible human rights record. It's just not right. But boy, it's a lot of money and everybody has a price. And at some point you've got to sit up 
your family, your children, your children's children's children for generations to come. And you can do that by, by just taking the offer. And yet uh, it feels wrong. And yet uh, it kind of feels it, it sort of as another tour player said to me, he's like, you feel really stupid if you would take this offer, but you almost feel dumber if you don't take the offer. So do you think it's fair to say the exodus people, a lot of guys waited for this first event, let people take the firing squad for this event and then jump after the U S open. I mean, do you think, is there a chance we get 10 to 15 guys or is this going to be that kind of group of, you know, there's already the Varners, the co-cracks. I mean, Bubba's injured, but I mean, in a couple more euros fire over any buzz of like any top, like, Whoa, there's a name coming. Get ready. I've heard a, a pretty big, you know, a second tier type of player um, who, who I think is going over there soon. I've heard a third tier type of player. Uh, and these are not the names that everyone else has heard. These are, other ones that are out there. So yeah, there's, there's going to be name players going over there. And a lot of them, a lot of them so far in that back nine stage of their careers, they are, you know, 38 to 48 years old. They're getting ready for that next phase in their life. But I, I've heard that some young players are thinking about it too. I mean, what a life you essentially, you know, if you're 22, 23, 24 years old, you get paid nine figures. And essentially I, I guess for the rest of your career, you just go out and play fun golf for lots of money and enjoy your life. I, I, I guess that's, it's hard to say there's something wrong with that. It's hard to say, you know, you shouldn't do that. You should be more competitive when these guys are getting paid, you know, just millions and millions of dollars. I, I understand it at least. One thing I saw Bryson say this morning on Tuesday morning was the he was asked if he still wanted to play in the PGA Tour. And he said, I would love to play Memorial. I would love to play the Arnold Palmer. And I, I talked to someone that might be in the know a little bit that said they're very confident that they're going to win this lawsuit. Yeah. And do you think Bryson thinks, because some of these guys, obviously you're going to play the live events. It might expand. They're only doing eight this year. A lot of people think it's going to go to 15 or whatever. But if I could still play the majors and Riv and the Memorial and the Arnold Palmer, whatever means a lot to me as a younger player, mm -hmm. That could be a major, major blow for Jay and company, right? I, I have spoken with people as well in the legal field who believe that these live players will win this lawsuit. They're, they're independent contractors. And so, I mean, I, I might have said this to you on the pod last week or two weeks ago or two months ago. I don't know when it was. It's all kind of running together. But yeah. at, at one point, I spoke with a friend of mine who's an attorney who said, look, this goes beyond golf. He said, if you look at it from a perspective of you know, an Uber driver, isn't an employee of Uber. If an Uber driver works for that company, they can go work for Lyft as well. And you can't keep them from working for Lyft. And if they go work for Lyft, you can't say you can't work for Uber anymore because you're not an employee of that company. So he said, if this goes to the courts, the ramifications are wide sweeping way beyond anything we're thinking about for professional golf. So uh, we have to think about what precedent it would set. I, I do think that these guys are fairly confident Reading between the lines of Phil Mickelson's press conference on Monday, I think Phil believes that if it comes down to it, he's going to win a lawsuit against the PGA Tour and be able to play some of these events. So is it safe to say, just from being out there talking to these guys, did Greg Norman win? <sighs> he's, he's, he's getting there. He's getting there. I, I don't know that. I he's, not, he's not losing, finalized. right? He's not losing right now. 
um, you know, at what cost, of, of course. And, you know, and, you know, again, it, it comes down to where the money's coming from and, you know, whether it's a good thing. But yes, if Greg Norman, you know, I don't, I don't mean win morale, you know, from a moral standpoint, I I, I mean, from a golf standpoint, it's, I think a lot of people, including myself bet against this, maybe three, four months ago, it is dramatically more impressive and going in the wrong direction from, for the PGA tour than I ever would have imagined. The original movie started 25 years ago and it was, Hey, the the big bad shark is going to come and, you know, try to change the PGA tour. And in the end, the PGA tour won. And they did their own thing and the movie ended. And now this is the sequel 25 years later. And the bad guy, the shark, is back with bigger, better uh, friends of his trying to overtake the PGA Tour. And yes, it's working right now. Everything they're doing is working. And it's an unbelievable uh, morality decision. I, I, I hope that there are college ethics classes which are studying this case right now because it's it's fascinating to me because at some point you look at it from you know a global perspective you look at it from a human perspective and say this you know i i get where the money's coming from i get that this is sports washing i get that i shouldn't do it then you look at it from the perspective of but boy they can give me more money than i'll ever make in my entire career on the pga tour and they just hand it to me i don't even have to work for it then i can go work for even more money Charles Schwartzel got $4.75 million this past weekend for winning a 48-man event that no one really seemed that into. I mean, this is ridiculous money. At some point, where, where do the lines cross? And, you know, it's like having a graph where, all right, my morality is here and my financial gain is here. When do they intersect? And when do I say, okay, that's that's enough money for me to drop my morals and my ethics. And again, I, I hope that there are classes out there studying this right now because it's fascinating do you agree with kepka that this is putting a black cloud over this event which is obviously probably beside the masters the biggest event we have in america i I do but i mean i don't see any way around it look this is the biggest news in the game right now i said it on the radio show yesterday that you know the usga is absolutely hating this right now first of all they're left in the lurch as far as you know hey what are you going to do in the future are you going to let these live golfers continue to play in the U.S. Open if they qualify, or are you going to somehow try to cut them off, you know, and, and, and they don't have world ranking points for these events now, so maybe they can't continue qualifying a lot of these guys, but uh, there's a lot unknown still, and yes, it's, it's taking away from major championship. I get that, but look, it, we're, we, we've just spent, what, 15 minutes on the pod talking about it. We haven't even mentioned the U.S. Open yet. Yeah, uh, there's a reason why we're talking yeah. about this. It's massive polarizing news right now. Yeah, th- th- there's nothing you can do. Uh, I guess before we get into some betting, your take, I mean, educated guess on how the majors, the RNA, obviously the USGA, the Augusta, the PGA, uh, will what their overall decision will be if these guys keep going at the rate in which they're going. I think... At the very least, the PGA Championship, U.S. Open, and Open Championship will still allow qualified players to compete in their championship, essentially because of what we said earlier. The, the legal statutes are going to – it's going to be a lawsuit. It's going to be a, a legal issue. If you, if you say to Phil Mickelson, who won the PGA Championship and is qualified for all the majors, you can't play next year, I, I don't see how they can get away with that. 
Now, the one that can, because of the qualification process, is the Masters, because essentially what Augusta National does, they don't let players qualify, they invite players, and they can invite whomever and whenever they'd like to invite them. If they decide they don't want to invite them, that's fine. Of course, there might be people at Augusta National who don't necessarily want to see where the money is traced from their own perspectives if they're going to criticize the players who are taking the Saudi Arabian money as well. So uh, there's there's so much more in play than you and I can even think of right now. But my guess is, I don't think any of the four block them, but the Masters is very, very intriguing again, because I don't think there are legal ramifications for that one because they're invitations, not qualifications. Okay, let's dive into the U.S. Open. The course, give me your thoughts. Really cool looking. Took a spin around here on Monday afternoon, and uh, I like this place. Reminds me of Marion a little bit. Keep that in mind as we go through some of the picks here. Hosted the U.S. Open back in 2013. This one, uh, look, it's a typical New England-style golf course. Thick, rough, but not as long as we've seen in recent years. Not like uh, you're going to be stepping in it up to your ankles or up to your knees, but um, but it is thick, and the ball's going to sit down in this rough. Some of these false fronts are fantastic. You're going to see some shots hit that, uh, okay, approach shot to 10 feet below the hole. That looks really good. They're going to have a birdie, but all of a sudden the ball starts trickling just a little bit and just a little more and just a little more, and it'll run off the front of the green. Next thing you know, a 60-yard pitch shot back up the hill to the exact same spot where your ball looked like it had rested before that. And so uh, that's going to be very frustrating for some of these players, but it's not a very long course, just over 7,200 yards. Fairly generous fairways for a U.S. Open. We haven't seen that recently. So I think, guys, and I know people look at that and say, oh, that's uh, that's a big edge to the guys who spray it. I actually think it's a bigger edge to the guys who are more accurate. Because what we've seen in recent years, Wingfoot was a great example a couple of years ago. Essentially, nobody was hitting fairways. So you'd rather be 320 in the rough than 280 in the rough. Now, if you've got little... You know, fairways are a little bit wider than they usually are. At least those accurate guys have a chance of keeping it in play. And there are a bunch of guys who aren't necessarily big bombers that I have near the top of my list this week. And quite frankly, we haven't seen that in a while. The last six champions, Kepka twice, DJ, Woodland, Bryson, John Rahm. It's like the uh, it's like golf's uh, arm wrestling squad. You know, <laughs> these, these are all big, strong, athletic dudes. And so I, I wonder if this is, Finally, one of the, the U.S. Opens where we go back to a, you know, I don't, I don't know that we're ever going to go back to the Corey Pavin era, the Jim Furyk era, but I, I don't think you necessarily have to have to be a Bryson DeChambeau with forearms like that to win at this golf course. I, I think Tiger mentioned this after like round one at Augusta. He looked at Joey Lacave. He said, there's not many Lee Jansons out here anymore. And Lee Jansen's yeah. another guy. I went to the Olympic with my dad in 98, and it's just it's a different game now. So early buzz out there number wise. I mean, when I hear you talking, I I, I kind of get the vibe. This isn't a 12 under winner. I mean, is this, are we talking low, low three, four under, are we talking even par? What, what What's your, I know it's early and obviously the weather bakes out, gets hard, but what are people talking that you, you got to do to have a chance? What I've found over the years, John, is that absolutely nobody knows. <laughs> like people, even the guys that study this, players, caddies, people that are out here that have been doing this, playing majors for the last 20 years, they have no idea on a Wednesday afternoon what score it's going to take to win. The conditions change, the setup changes, 
That said, I, I did hear one caddy yesterday say, I'll take even par right now and sit in the clubhouse for the next four or five days and and see if I have a chance of winning. I, so I so it's gonna be hard. It's gonna be hard. It's gonna be hard. Now I I I think maybe it's something a little under par. I think it's maybe a little bit quote unquote easier than that, but no, it's not gonna be 15 under. I mean, this is not gonna be, you know, wow, what an easy golf course. They shot 65 every day and you know, one uh one way under uh red figures. It, it's gonna be it's going to be tough. It's going to be you, excuse me, going to be U.S. Open ish and look very much like uh, what we've seen at, at this event in the past. Well, you, you've been banging the table. You, you wrote about this guy. I, I've already put a little cash on him. Uh, you still feel very confident as of, of Tuesday afternoon of our, uh, of our man, Shane Lowry? Yeah, I like him. He's my favorite outright play on the board. 30 to 1, maybe still find him 35 to 1 in some books. And, uh, Look, he's he's been playing his best golf of his life this year. 12 starts in 2022 and nothing worse than a 35th place finish. That doesn't do anything spectacularly, but he's solid off the tee, solid with his iron, solid around the green, solid with a putter. He's got the right mentality for this. He's contended before. He finished second to Dustin Johnson at Oakmont back in 2016. I, I just like his all overall game. I mean, there are a bunch of guys in that sort of second tier, right below all the superstars in that 28 to 1 to 40 to 1 range that I really like, but he's at the top of the list. Yeah, I mean, there's the Finaus, the Hovlands, yeah. Homas, Hideki's, the Burns, Zalatoris. I mean, that feels like a pretty sexy group, you know, with some pretty good numbers with guys with win equity, right? Well, of that group, I just, I Will Zalatoris, I mean, is this... Like him. I have, I have a bet on him. Is that? I mean, is this a good spot for him? I really like him. It comes down to the putter. I mean, these are going to be the toughest greens to putt that we see all year. Can Will Zalatoris confidently make some four and five footers like he'll need to? Sorry, guys. I, did that? No, you're good. Go out. Okay. Yeah, uh, I'll pick it up. Can Will Zalatoris confidently make some four and five footers when he needs to when these green speeds? get up to, you know, as fast as they're going to be. I'm not completely confident, but I do like them. I mean, I've gotten, I think, 12th or 13th on my uh, on my ranking this week. So I, I like him. Some of the other guys in that range, besides Lowry and Zalatoris, Finau, Berger, Homa, Fitzpatrick's going to get a lot of love in the marketplace this week. Guy who won the 2013 U.S. Amateur on this golf course. Plus, plays his best golf when conditions are tougher, when – the winning score is closer in relation to par. We should see that this week. One guy who's been trending that I, I don't know for an outright winner, but I got a top five bet on him is Tommy Fleetwood. Mm -hmm. uh, what, what are your thoughts on Fleetwood coming into this event? Don't hate it. I don't have him that high. It's just, he hasn't contended. He's just been consistent. He's just been good. Nothing great, nothing terrible. I, I like Tommy for more of a top 20 type of bet than a top five. I, I just haven't seen... You know, I, I need to see him kind of get into the heat of it before I, I play him there. Right? Guys at a similar number that you might want to play for a top five, top ten, I'll give you uh, Justin Rose. Look, this place, I mentioned it, it reminds me of Marion. Justin Rose is your winner back in 2013. He's coming off a 60 on Sunday that probably could have, should have, would have been a 57. I mean, he had three bogeys. bogeys. He had three bogeys. <laughs> so obviously trending right now. I like Justin Rose. He's a guy that can win this golf tournament. 
Webb Simpson, another past U.S. Open champion. I like the guys who understand how to play USGA. Can grind. Yeah. Yeah, they can grind through it. Webb Simpson could have a really nice week. And then no one's talking about Sung J.M. He's finished 21st or better in his last four starts. He is criminally undervalued in the marketplace right now. Okay, let's talk about the heavy favorite. And this guy not only is having a fantastic season, he's talking a lot of shit right now to these live guys. And that's Roy McElroy, who yeah. is, I mean, him and JT are really kind of carrying the flag for, for Jay. Uh, thoughts on Rory coming into this major? I mean, he's played really well in the last two majors. I, he just won and looks fantastic. Does this feel like Rory McElroy, or is he? I mean, he's kind of feeling himself right now. He certainly is. He is firing on all cylinders on and off the golf course. He's a must watch when he's playing, he's a must watch when he's in the interview room. I mean, yeah, it's it sort of feels like the convergence of all these things coming together. Uh, it'd be really nice for the PGA Tour to see Rory win. I love him this week. I've got him right near the top of my list. Same with JT. JT's doing everything right. I actually uh, took the shuttle over here today to the course with a couple of uh, couple of professional golfers who were working with us here at SiriusXM Radio throughout the week, and they were talking about JT having more shots than anybody else. And it makes a lot of sense. They said, you know, if he needs to hit a punch cut from seventy-five yards, he's got it. If he needs to hit a high draw from two hundred and thirty yards, he's got that. He's got more shots that he can work than anybody else in the world right now. And so that's going to serve him very well this week. I, I like both those guys a lot. J- JT as a top 10 bet right now on FanDuel is plus 125. That's my lock of the week. I, I, I feel very, very confident about the guy coming into this week. I, I love that. And I love making bets like that. I know some people listening are like, oh, I want the lottery ticket. I want to hit it big. Look, use those bets to bankroll the rest of what you're doing. You can... You know, lock in JT for a top 10. Look, Xander Schauffele, I think for a top 20 at FanDuel, is minus 120 this week, minus 125. Xander Schauffele is finishing the top 20 in 13 of 20 career major championships. I don't believe he's ever been outside the top 20 at a U.S. Open. I mean, the guy just is that good. But play some of those bets. Don't, don't be afraid to play even money or, you know, close to it type of bets at a U.S. Open like this, and then use the perceived value of, of what you're going to make off that to bankroll some of those long shots. Well, one value play, just because this guy's a major champion, and he's another guy with a lot of shots in his bag, and, and you tell me your thoughts on, on Jordan. He's not as outspoken as Rory and JT, but he's in that camp of being very loyal to the tour, feels like one of their stalwarts moving forward, not a guy that can be bought. Is this course set up to him? 25 to 1 FanDuel. To me, that's that's pretty good odds for a guy that has win equity out here, correct? I love it. The only problem is Jordan Spieth. We all remember him winning at Chambers Bay back in 2015. In nine other starts, by the way, just weird that Jordan Spieth has played 10 U.S. Opens already in his career. That, that feels like it's that's uh, crazy. You know, twice yeah. as many as it should be. He's only, what, 28, 29 years old. That said, he's played 10 of these things. He's won once, hasn't finished better than 17th in the other nine. And so you start looking at it and you go, yeah, can Jordan Spieth win? Of course he can. Is that a good number on it? Absolutely. Can we see some Spieth magic this week? I completely think so. I really like him. I've got him in the top 10 of my ranking. I think I've got him sixth or seventh in the ranking right now, John. Uh, that said, if there's some trepidation, it's just that it, year after year, other than that victory, he just hasn't had his best stuff at the U.S. Open in the past. Any fades with big names that you're off? 
Uh, I don't know why, but I don't love Cameron Smith this week. Spraying it off the tee the way he does. I, I can see him in some thick rough around here where, you know, it's just you're not going to be able to get something back onto the green. So uh, I think he could be in some trouble. Victor Hovland still ranks dead last. I get how good he is. He's, he's a great ball striker. He ranks dead last in strokes gained around the greens. If you or I played the PGA Tour, we might be better at chipping the ball around the greens than Victor Hovland. Can't do anything else better than him. But, look, you're, you're going to miss greens. It's a U.S. Open. And, and so I, I just don't like the fact that he's not as proficient as he needs to be uh, when he does miss. And so don't love him for the number I probably don't love John Rahm for the number. I don't love Scotty Scheffler. It doesn't mean, you know, for a one and done pool or something like that, yeah. you wouldn't take him. But uh, I just, I, I don't want to play him at that short a number in the uh, betting marketplace. Well, once upon a time, these guys, it felt like we're BFFs. That no longer is clearly the case, but they've won U.S. Opens as DJ and Kepka. They got big numbers right now. I mean, two guys that have been in the easily 15 to one and up before. DJ FanDuel, 44 to one. Kepka, 55 to one. Uh, DJ, does he even care? Kepka, is he healthy? T- takes on those two guys. Uh, yeah, I'm. I'm not really in on either of those guys. They have the talent, of course they do. If there's one guy who's going to be able to put all the live stuff behind him and just not even think about it and go play golf, it's Dustin Johnson. So, yeah, I, I can certainly see DJ playing well this week. There's something going on with Brooks. I don't know what it is. He's only played two events in the last two months, and that was the Masters and the PGA. He hasn't played anywhere else. I don't know if he's hurt. I don't know if he doesn't care. I got a sense of some things that I heard of just, you know, he's just not that into going out there and, and grinding that much right now. So I, I just, I'm staying away from Brooks for a while. Okay. Last but not least, this guy's played really well. It feels like he's got some momentum at 50 to one Billy Horschel. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's kind of a quote unquote, somewhat of a flyer, you know, is, is this a spot no. for him? Uh, look, I like Billy. I'd almost like Billy more if he hadn't won the Memorial tournament. A few weeks ago, I don't know that he's got back-to-back wins in him. You know, I, I, I guess he's done it before in his career. He did it during the FedEx Cup playoffs. The year that he won, he won back-to-back. But I, that, that's that's a tough little double there, going from Muirfield Village to the Country Club and winning both of them. As far as an outright play, I, I've got him right around uh, 18th to 20th, I think, in my ranking. So I, you know, it's not like I dislike Billy Orschel playing some of the best golf of his life, as he said afterwards, but. I just don't know. If he had finished sixth at the Memorial, I might like him better for an outright play this week than winning at the Memorial, if that makes sense. Okay, last but not least, just because I just said 120 to 1, Bryson DeChambeau. I mean, he's won this tournament a couple years ago. Like you said, though, completely different setup here. Good, bad spot for him. His, his head somewhere else. He's been injured. Thoughts on Bryson? There's no reason to like him this week other than I've heard he's very confident. I, that's that's say, a huge I, number, Sobel. I mean, that's heard, a huge number. I've heard Bryson talking about how confident he is in his abilities this week. Now, uh, does that mean something? I I don't know. We'll see. But if Bryson likes himself, maybe we should have reason to like him. Everything else is working against him, though. He's been injured, hasn't played great golf. He's going to live. He's got all these distractions. I don't love it, but. I don't know. Sometimes you listen to a player who thinks he knows. Might not be crazy for like a top 10, just given those odds, right? I mean, that's those are pretty big. Maybe, although I feel like Bryson's the kind of guy that he's either going to win or miss the cut by seven. <laughs> I don't know if I like him for a nice, consistent top 10 kind of finish. 
Remember last year, he's going, he's headed to hole 10 with a chance to win, and he shoots 45 on the back nine. He crumbled. Right, right. exactly. <laughs> well, so we'll enjoy the week and uh, tell Phil and everyone else we all say hi, and we're going to miss him and uh, <laughs> talk to you soon. I, I will absolutely head right back out to the course right now and go find Phil and tell him for you. Take it easy. Enjoy the U.S. Open, man. Thank you. Appreciate it. Okay, hey, let's get the little mailbag at Golopod. At Golopod is the Instagram. You just fire in those DMs and you get your question answered here on the show. Very, very easy to do. So I got to go to my requests and let's filter. And let's start with Jason. First time golf DMer. How bad would it be for the PGA Tour if a live golf golfer wins a major? I feel like the majors are the PGA's bread and butter to the common golf fan. And if a live golfer comes in and steals the show, it would be deflating to the PGA Tour and the PGA members that are bashing other guys from going to get the money with live. Well, I don't think these guys are bashing them because they're not good players. I think JT Rory would tell you what a legend Phil is or how talented Bryson is or how great Patrick Reed's short game is or how well Taylor Gooch has played this year. But, yeah, I mean, it would be a very, very big deal for Liv. Now, the PGA Tour does not own or operate any of the majors. So if you're not like a golf diehard, they don't obviously operate the Masters. They do not operate the, the U.S. Open, the USGA does. They do not operate the British Open. And they do not operate, despite it being the PGA Championship, the PGA Championship. They're really, their major is the players, which, you know, had the biggest purse in the history of golf this year at $20 million until the Live event. So, this weekend is big for Live. If some of Live golfers crush it, I'm with you. It's, it's not going to be ideal, but I don't know what the PGA Tour does. Will this Live deal force the PGA Tour to completely restructure their operating model? I read they have high administrative overhead and do a ton of charity payouts. They may have to lean up their operation and cut the charity to allow much more cash flow to the players. If what I read is true. Well, it is true. They're a 501c. It's the reason that they can't put guys on salary. Uh, I know there are some questions, and Phil has always had them, about the commissioner, specifically Jay Monahan's compensation. And the way he's compensated relative to not the top 20 guys, but like the top 150 guys. It makes certain top guys uncomfortable. They go, where is the money going? Now, there are discrepancies. Phil claims there's a lot of money missing. The PGA Tour has been adamant there's not that much money missing. But it's pretty clear. With the NFL and the NBA, they have specific revenue-sharing agreements that all the money the players get are because they split the revenue. That does not feel like the way the PGA Tour operates because it's not. And I think this will forever alter the PGA Tour. Do I know how? I do not. But I know they, they don't have a choice. They, they have to change. When you are threatened by a legit foe in your business, you have two choices. You can get taken out or slowly destroyed or adapt and try to thrive. And I think so far there has been an arrogance with Jay Monahan. And the PGA Tour officials, I'm not blaming the players, I'm blaming Jay for not going, we got a problem. 
I'm watching the RBC Sunday afternoon and JT, Rory, Tony Finau teeing off on hold to 18 and a fucking commercial comes on. That is a direct FU to me as a consumer. I'm giving you my time, which gives you the money to pay the players. Yet you throw an ad, and I know that's CBS's choice, but like you got to figure that out. You are not a consumer-friendly product. And you can't just do the same thing over and over and over again. And I love golf. I like golf probably even slightly more than football because like I've said before, I play it. I don't I don't I haven't taken a snap with pads on since I was 18 years old. It's why our relationship with the sport of golf is so much different than the other sports. Right? You can be 50 years old and you get to I can go play St Andrews. I can go play Pebble Beach. I can't play Lambo. So you have to treat the fans who watch your stuff better than they do. And they don't treat them well. The players do. Rory, how they treat their... They're awesome. But the way that the PGA Tour, which is led by Jay Monahan and the business relationship they have with their TV partners, it's a massive FU to us. They have to be better. Or they deserve to get curb stomped. And right now, I wouldn't say curb stomped, but they're definitely getting some uh, some kidney shots in. At what point does the PGA Tour essentially become a tryout for these guys to get paid by Liv? If there's no serious consequences to leaving the PGA for a Saudi payday, what's stopping more of these guys from jumping ship? After the tournament we saw the RBC this weekend, Liv will come back swinging. I think their first event went well, but clearly the bulk of the primetime product is still in Monaghan's army. But these guys aren't employed soldiers. They're mercenaries. (laughs) They go where the money is, and I'm taking financial freedom for 20 weeks of work 10 times out of 10. I agree, and I think DJ said it well. I joined Liv to play less golf. The goal of life is to make the most money possible to have the most time possible. The most valuable asset we have when we are alive is not money. It's not our house. It's time. Because the more time you have, the more ability you have to spend with the people you want to spend it with and do what you want to do. And if I want to make a lot of money in the PGA Tour, I have to play a lot of events. And they literally have minimums, 15. And that's separate from the majors. So I, I, I'm with you. Uh, I think I think a lot of guys, and you can honestly call them kind of weak. Like Bryson, Patrick Reed, they didn't go to the first event. They avoided the heat. If you want to give DJ and Phil credit for taking all the money, they took all the bullets. Ian Poulter, Lee Westwood getting asked questions that they would play in Putin's golf tournament. You know, Bryson hit. He answered questions this week, but everyone's answering these questions this week. It's a major. Bryson didn't have the stones to go to that first event in London. That, there's no way around that. That's a fact. So I, I do give some of these guys, if you're going to give them credit, because again, they don't deserve credit. They, they're getting paid to do this. This is not charity. But like they, they took all the arrows for all these other guys that are going to get to, you know, kind of Kevin Na. They, these guys took it. Gooch. We've seen a lot of rumors about how much cash DJ Phil Bryson have received. What I haven't seen is any speculation on what length of the deals. 125 for one or two years is very different than 125 million for 10 years. It also would have a big impact on how long it could be until these guys could rejoin the PGA Tour if they do chose to do so. I don't think these guys want to break the contract with a shoddy regime. Sounds risky. Uh, I've heard maybe... Sobel might have said this, might have been off air. The deals are for four years. So these are not one-year deals. This is a long-term plan. These guys are going to be playing for the Saudi League for years. 
That's a big reason why Jay's mad. Like, he lost Dustin Johnson and Taylor Gooch for years. Those guys are gone. Bryson DeChambeau and Patrick Reed are gone until they're allowed to play both. And right now, they're obviously all indefinitely suspended. Now, will that hold up in court? Time will tell. Uh, but I, yeah, it's it's multiple years. It's not a one-year deal. And I think there are some discrepancies on if I paid you $150 million, do you also is that also part of your winnings? Like if you win $2 million, do you actually only get to take $1 million and some of it was up front? No one really knows except the player, the agent, and the Saudis, and probably the Shark. But I, I, I think a lot of this money is getting thrown around. Some people question the validity to all of it. Not that it doesn't exist, but the setups of the contracts. Not everyone is the same. Right, Kevin Na is not operating the same thing that Phil and, and Dustin Johnson are, or even Bryson. Uh, while watching the RBC this weekend, I had the thought about the recent live player migration and wanted to get your thoughts. I feel like the PGA is eventually going to have to walk back the on-tour ban for the players going to live. Ideally, they'd love to dust those players under the rug and pretend they don't exist to maintain viewership. Won't happen. The live players were mentioned all weekend during the RBC broadcast, talking about records, past tournament finishes, etc. It's going to be hard for fans to remain loyal viewers of the PGA if they're reminded of the players they can't watch on their own platform. I, for one, would be more inclined to follow live over the PGA if my favorite players like JT and Cameron Smith ever moved. Do you think the PGA doubles down and starts to blacklist live players from even being mentioned during the PGA broadcast. That seems extremely petty, but nowadays, nothing is surprising. I'm with you. They talked about Liv, and they're continuing to do it at the U.S. Open more than they are about the U.S. Open or the RBC. Now, you could argue it's not avoidable. It's not avoidable. I could not host a radio show in Cleveland right now and not talk about Deshaun Watson all the time. The elephant in the room in golf is Liv. There is no way around it when Phil, Bryson, and DJ go. So, yeah, I mean, you can never discount it. I Listen, I got fired because the Raiders wanted me out because they didn't like the way I talked. Money talks. Here's the problem. The reason the PGA Tour has the money is because CBS and NBC bought them. Because they had the players. That's where all the cash comes from. The stars. So you start losing the stars, it starts getting into murky waters. I, 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 I don't know. I mean, I, I think he would love to blacklist him, but I don't think he can. He's going to lose that fight. And ultimately, the PGA Tour, here's what's weird about these relationships, is CBS pays the PGA Tour. So ultimately, how does the PGA Tour tell you what you can and cannot do when I pay you whatever they're paying them, a billion dollars over a de- 10 years? It's like, hey, motherfuckers, I'm cutting you the check. We dictate what goes on. But it's, it's always a give and take. And it's one thing if it's the NFL, it's like, bro, you guys are the PGA Tour. You know, two and a half million people watch. Come on. I'm cutting you the check. So I I think it's a very slippery slope. What is Liv's endgame? With paying these golfers astronomical amounts of money, can they possibly recruit to make a profit? I think not. Well, that's the scary part. I think you just hit the nail on the head. They're not trying to make a profit. They're trying to do what all these guys keep talking about, the sports washing. They're trying to make Saudis look better through golf. And they have the money and the financial resources to do it. So if me and you, let's say I had, let's just say we're super rich. I had $500 million. 
you had five million, hundred million dollars, and we became partners. And we said, we're going to go finance two companies. We're each going to give both companies, you know, f- we'll give them each four hundred million dollars, and we'll invest the other hundred million dollars into something else. So we'll have multiple investments. We would eventually want, with our investments, money coming back, a return on an investment. When you're watching the stock market right now, a lot of these growth stocks that never turned a profit are getting destroyed. And the stocks that individuals own and definitely firms own are selling it off because they don't think these companies are going to be able to turn a profit. That is the way our society works when it comes to business. I may give you a runway if I give you $500 million as an investment to give you several years to build the business model, build by you know, uh, consumers, but eventually, I have to see an ROI. Most people that I've read that know what they're talking about do not think that these people care about a return on investment, which is very, very scary for the PGA Tour. Because the PGA Tour, CBS, everyone that's in bed together, RBC, KPMG, you name it, AT&T, they're all about making money. Making money. I don't think people believe that live the Saudis give a one, they don't lose one second of sleep over what the ROI is, at least for the foreseeable future. And the amount of money they're spending, it's like, they're, they're not looking for a 10-bagger here. They'd be fine with just, they'll lose money. Think how much money they're making right now in in, in uh, gas. So I, it's very, very scary times, I think, for the PGA Tour. <clears throat> Hey, John, sent a similar question before the Masters. We are doing this pool again. Each person picks one player in the group. I think the guys you should be all over right now are JT or Rory. Uh, I think Shane Lowry for sure. I like Spieth Zalatoris. Uh, I think Homa is very, very interesting. And Joaquin Neiman. Uh, I, I think I love Berger. I, I think Berger, U.S. Open, I, it feels like he's a he's that type player. Um, and, and Tommy Fleetwood, Billy Horschel. I'd be on some of those guys, too. Uh, do you think the middle to lower middle class of the PGA Tour leaving to live will actually help PGA on Sundays? The top 10-15 are so much better than the middle class once the uh, once the lower class of Tour. I'm sure the super smart MIT guy has already done the math to calculate if the probability of X top 10 player before live versus after live. So what is Vegas saying in terms of the odds of the big boys who stayed? But here's the thing. So yeah, I, I hear you. You lose Sergio, you lose Louis Oosthuizen, you lose Lee Westwood, you lose Patrick Reed. Those guys are not considered like top 10 players, but they are they impact the strength of the field. You remove those guys, you still you still have to fill their spots. The guys just filling their spots are not as good. So it's more likely that JT Speeth, Rom, you know, whoever uh Rory is going to win. There might be some validity to that non-majors. Um yeah, I could see that. So you could argue it could be good for the tour potentially. Cam Smith, Scotty Scheffler, Sam Burns, you know, when Tiger's around, Colin Morikawa, if if some of the if if the fluff, if the middle and lower class leave. But ultimately I think having star players and names matters. I do have a question for the pod. I'm newest paying attention to pro golf and with Liv taking the top players, what does that mean for the field in the majors? Can anyone compete in majors? Would love to hear more about the one-on-one mechanics of pro tournaments. Keep up the great content. 
Well, the way the Masters can invite whoever they want whenever they want. Now, they have a rule if you're a top 50 player. Most of these other events are determined by the World Golf Rankings, OWGR, Official World Golf Rankings, which the European and the PGA Tour own. Now, if you win a tournament, like let's say the U.S. Open, you're exempt for a decade. So Dustin Johnson, when he wins it in 2016, can play the U.S. Open whether he quits golf or not, plays and live for the next 10 years. If I win the the British Open, I am exempt till I'm 60 years old. So if I win the British Open like Jordan Spieth at 24 years old, I can play whether I'm good at golf or bad at golf for the next 36 years. Uh, the PGA Championship, I, I think it's only a five-year exemption, but once you win it, your, uh, for your official golf world rankings are so high. And ultimately, when you fall out of official world golf rankings, it can impact your status for the majors when you don't have status. When Phil talks about he's a lifetime member like Dustin Johnson, it's because they have 15-plus years on the PGA Tour and they've won 20 events. So there are several different categories, whether it's big picture macro like that, whether it's individual tournaments and you have exempt status, whether it's all-time money lists. If you're in like the top 50 of a money list, you can get exempt status to play on the PGA Tour. So this is what Jay Monahan, on top of the labor laws, is going to have to battle against. So Phil Mickelson is able to play in the majors for the foreseeable future. He is exempt in the Masters for the rest of his life. At 51 years old, he can play the British Open for the next nine years. DJ's a little different because he's never won the Open, but he's obviously exempt for life at the Masters. In the U.S. Open, he still has five more years. So it gets a little more complicated with the Louis. He He's won the Open, but Kevin Nas, Taylor Gooches, guys like that, who are very dependent on the World Golf Rankings. So I, I think there are just a lot of moving parts. There are a lot of variables. That's why a lot of people in golf are freaking out. They don't know what to make of any of this. And it's complicated. I don't necessarily have all the answers either. I just know that last week, I think, had uh, someone that lives in the Bay Area, for now, an earthquake. We got one probably a month ago at like 3 or 4 in the morning. It'll rattle you. It'll shake you. It'll wake you up. And I think Jay Monahan, the PGA Tour, officially last week got got shook. and, And Liv was the earthquake. Appreciate everyone listening. Subscribe to the podcast. Share it with your friends. Fire in at GoLoPod Instagram. Appreciate everyone uh, interacting and talk to you soon. See you. Allstate wants to remind fans that mayhem is everywhere, like at your pregame barbecue. While you prep your meats, that grease trap you forgot to empty is prepping to smoke your porch, garage, and the car inside. And without the right home and auto insurance coverage, the cost to repair this could eat up your savings. So bundle home and auto with Allstate to save and get protected from mayhem like this. Bundled savings variant are not available in every state. Coverage is subject to policy terms and conditions. With the Wells Fargo Active Cash Credit Card, 
You can earn unlimited 2% cash rewards on purchases you want and purchases you need. That means you earn on what you want, like trying out that new workout class, and 2% cash rewards on what you need, like a foam roller for your sore muscles. That's the beauty of the Active Cash credit card. It's ready when you are, with unlimited 2% cash rewards. The Wells Fargo Active Cash credit card. That's real life ready. Terms apply. Learn more at wellsfargo.com slash active cash. Looking for an assist with your credit card, but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7, U.S.-based, live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human in customer service anytime. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. This is Malcolm Gladwell from Revisionist History. eBay Motors is here for the ride. With some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Brake kits, LED headlights, whatever you need, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. 